my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Geek Stuff, TNG. What the fuck is a reboot? We're going to be rolling out a lot of new things. Where are the stars of this piece of shit? Oh, are you? I am the sandwich. No one of consequence. You can find me on Xbox at Fat Dumbledore. <laughs> you know what keeps going through my head? Where's my sandwich? I am Monty. Excellent. You're crushing my soul and giving me a headache at the same time. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. Show me what you got. Is it too late to say that I, I kind of don't care for Star Wars? You can say that Freedom. and find your way out the door. <laughs> the force is strong with this one. And I am Big Kev. Hail to the king, baby. Yo, that kid Monty is fired. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Ah, uh, mighty Isis. And here we go. This is my doom, my humiliation. October, not June, and it's summer vacation. Such a disgrace, how can I face the nation? Why should this pain bring me such strange betrayation? Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. I'm uh, filling in for Mr. Monty this week. How's everybody oh. doing? West Coast Scott yeah. in the driver's seat. Yeah. I wanted to ask, is there anything going down in the news this week? Uh, don't know, but I do know that there's a lot that's gone down in the news in the last two weeks since our incredible uh, Lee Fun interview with Lance Guest and Catherine Mary Stewart, which you can check out over at the website geekstufftng.com video coming soon possibly this week more likely next week um uh but the episode is up that was what episode was that 638 that would make this episode 639 correct i'm hoping that's correct so yeah so that was a lot of fun we had a lot of fun with those guys it's funny Uh, but that feels like it was at this point for me like months ago like it was so far gone but it was literally two weeks ago yeah. today yeah same for me because i'm i am back in hawaii uh so um yeah so there's that uh and uh i was in new jersey when we did that one so yeah things have changed mr monty not joining us this week uh some uh some issues are preventing him which we're not allowed to comment on uh for hipaa reasons so if you know <laughs> what that is then then you'll understand so um yeah so there we go and uh, west coast scott in the driver's seat today uh bringing us through this massive episode gonna be a little longer than usual boys and girls because we have been away and we did not do any news our last episode because we had that fabulous interview i just want to say uh scott in the driver's seat reminds me of when i was a kid and I'd get on the school bus and there was a different driver and you're just confused that I don't know if he knows how we drive to school every morning. Is he going to make the right turns? Are we going to get to school on time? So that's how it feels. But I have full faith in this new bus driver. Uh, that That is West Coast Scott. And how long ago was that? Last like a month ago that you were in school? Week. Last week? Yeah. So you're, you're talking about just, just before summer break when you were on the school bus. 
and, yeah, well, and this one uh, sandwich won't touch you where the bathing suit covers. <laughs> so that is also a you know step up, if you will, from perhaps other bus drivers you have interacted with in the past. Boy, th this episode is going to have a lot of uh, salacious, salacious discussions going to be happening. Salacious discussion? Yes, it is. Not our fault. It's not. That's just the news. But before we that's get into the news, news kids, let, let's news yeah let's let's talk about the patreon right we want to remind all of our listeners that uh for just one dollar a month you can have access to the uh discord server where you can chat with members of the geek stuff team like me yeah and like me i've been uh, really making a point to get on the discord chat a little bit more lately too what about you dom no, when's the last time uh the sandwich made morning. an appointment all right i was talking with on because I didn't realize this. Quick, quick aside, uh, you can only play certain races with D and D Beyond. You have to keep buying books if you want to add races. Or the or or you know when I discovered that's funny that you bring that up, sandwich. I discovered that uh, because I thought D and D Beyond was really an amazing idea until I realized that, for example, if I want to play a Drow, which you is a very the popular race, book. you either have to buy that book or you have to buy the race individually i didn't even know you could do that i think you can uh, maybe i'm wrong about that but i i thought if you wanted a particular race i think you were able to buy just the race but i may be wrong about that regard oh, i hit the lamp regardless the fact that they are soaking you to buy digital versions of the books which in the 21st century should already be coming with the with the, I mean, there's like a code or something. Yeah, yeah, just like you would get a digital download on a DVD or a Blu-ray or something like that. There should be a digital code in every one of those books that gives you access to a, a digital version of the book online. However, D and D Beyond is not owned by Wizards. That's why. Oh, so it's a profit motive. It is. Yeah, but you're, but you're uh, right. We, it's, we, have, we have D and D later, so we, we could definitely hit on this later. For yeah, sure. it's like that DLC downloadable content, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> so speaking of downloadable content, uh, for three dollars a month, you get the early bird special, right? You get uh, early access to the episodes, usually a day or two before they post live. Now we're recording this one a, a little bit late, so they'll probably get access to this at on Thursday, and then the episode should go up on Friday every week. And you get the uh, prep sheet along with that. Then for $5 a month, you get the weekend bonus show. Sandwich, tell us a little bit about the weekend bonus show. Uh, usually, right now, it's kind of in a flux. Uh, the sh uh, so here's what happened. Here's what happened. Uh, the Food and Drug Administration came to my shop, and they said that there is uh, certain levels of other animals in my shop that was deemed unsafe. Now, I don't know what they're talking about. Chucky, the mouse who does sandwiches, and Mickey, and all, all our lovely friends do wonderful jobs in my shop. They help me clean. They've been part of the shop for a long time. So I don't know what these people think a shop is run by, but you know we're a family here at the sandwich shop, so we have to do some quick restructuring. Uh, we're going to be back up and running as soon as possible, but you know. Are you saying you rules have rules that the government puts on me? Uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's hampering me down, man. It's really bringing me down. That's why I'm going out the hair. Uh, I'm going to start wearing tie-dye shirts and flip-flops and wow. fighting the it, man. It sounds like you've got a ratatouille thing happening at the sandwich shop. Full full on, yes. Remy is also, uh, he's on vacation right now. Right. But uh... 
Well, so also included in the bonus round for $5 a month, you get the uh, vintage episodes of uh, Geek Stuff, the old Big Geek, Kev's Geek Stuff. Uh, Geek Stuff BC. That's my contribution to Patreon. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, for $10 a month, you get to participate in the fabulous live shows. You can watch us on the Instagram lives yeah. as we record the episode every week. Right now, as a matter of fact. Yeah, you get to see all of the behind-the-scenes shenanigans like Kev hitting his... Uh, lamp behind him and uh, sandwich doing finger quotes air quotes so don't want to miss out on that for just ten dollars a month on the patreon so check that out over at patreon.com slash geek stuff tng the real show though is the show before the show <laughs> that's right and while we're here at the top let's talk about uh, the gvm line sandwich what's the gvm line two zero one seven three zero two five four seven see we got to get uh see we got to teach scott how to appropriately pitch the GVM line. So that's that's a thing that we'll have you to You can also email us at geekedoftng at gmail.com. Yeah, See, Scott, was... you, don't say, you don't say, Scott, well, Sandwich, what is the GVM? You don't have to do that. You just have to say the GVM line. 201-730-2547. See, it's like Pavlov's dog. It's just a trigger. Yeah. You know, whenever, whenever, I, whenever, that, whenever I say... The GVM line. 201-730-2547. I, I don't even know that number. <laughs> I had a horrible thing happen literally today where I had to give someone a phone number and I accidentally almost gave them the GVM line instead of my phone number. You know it better I, than your own number. That's good. When we did the anniversary show with OG and Mr. Fantastic, uh, we, we pitched the GVM line and Sandwich did... did did the current number and then OG did the old number. Yeah, he still got it. Remember, it's, it's hammered into his brain exactly. Yeah, it was really funny. But yeah, so there we go. GVM line, email, plenty of ways to reach the show, plenty of ways to check us out on the social medias. Be sure to check our Facebook if you are still on Facebook, where I post a lot of interesting articles, things that we're going to talk about on the on that likely we're going to talk about on the next show that you hear. Uh, so you can get a little inside dope there before we go live uh, or before we record rather and uh, and more. So, yeah, definitely check uh, out our social media guys who checked out our social media. This is something guys who checked out our social media before the interview with Lance Guest and Catherine Mary Stewart were invited to pitch a question to Lance and Catherine Mary Stewart. Uh, Lance Gass and Catherine Mary Stewart, uh, invited to pitch a question uh, for a contest that we had that you may recall where we said, ask uh, a question of Lance or Catherine, something you think they've never been asked before. And for the people who proposed questions that we asked them and they had not been asked before, they were entered into a pool and winners were selected and they received a signed action figure card back uh, an original creation by friend of the show, Toy Weaver. And they also had the opportunity to uh, add the figures to the show, uh, to the card, have them, you know, um, put on the card with bubbles, you know. Uh, they had the opportunity to have Toy Weaver do that for them as well. And he's working on them. We're going to be posting pictures as soon as we get them. Um, our winners will hopefully post pictures tagging us in there as well. So hopefully uh, you'll, you'll get to see those. If you go 
online. I think on our Facebook page, I'm pretty sure on our Facebook page, I might have posted one of the signed ones uh, that's up there. But yeah, so following social media, being a part of the show could net you a fabulous prize. So there you go. And I got to say, those figures from Toy Weaver are fantastic. I mean, the, the back, everything is awesome, but it's like, it's just amazing how yeah. how incredible these figures look. They look like something you would have gotten, you, you know, back when the last Starfighter was out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. And you know what's really amazing? I have to say this. I have to say this. And I, I uh, Toy, Weaver, uh, Toy Weaver is just one of my favorite creators out there. Seriously, not bullshit. I have a bunch of his stuff. I have a bunch more that I'm getting. This is the thing that blew my mind. When he did, he did the first Mandalorian figure that I had seen, like from top to bottom. So when I um, when I saw that, I was impressed just by that. I mean, you don't, you, you, he didn't have to go far to impress me because the work itself is impressive. Then I saw he was putting it on a card, an original card that he created, also super duper impressive. But what pushed me over the cliff. And I, I landed firmly in Toy Weaver land. Was the card actually is a gatefold card, which opens, you know. So you have the you have the card, and you have the two, you know, you have the bubble here, and then the card opens up like a book. And on the inside, there's some making of photographs. There's an additional sort of uh, front to the card amazing absolutely amazing design and i immediately reached out to him and i said dude you're doing some great stuff here and then i saw everything else he was doing and i was just boom so very happy to have toy weaver as a friend of the show and uh yeah look for pics of those great prizes coming up that was one of the greatest prizes that we've ever given on this show and so. how thrilled were lance and Catherine when they saw them thrilled yeah when we get the video up um uh, we're going to put it up in pieces. So we're going to put up the regular uh, first segment, then the second segment. And then in a couple of weeks, we'll put up the bonus uh, material, which was uh, the questions, um, the, the, uh, the whole James Lipton questionnaire that I do with our guests. And, uh, and also, yeah, them opening up the toys from Toy Weaver and just being blown away by how great they were. So, yeah, look for that on the website, Geek Stuff TNG, in a couple of weeks over there in Studio V. Under Studio V is where you can find that. All right. So, should we. And with that, uh, West Coast Scott, <laughs> uh, Mr. Sandwich, we will bring this up. Yes, sir. No, no, no. Yes, sir. Oh, there's we more? have news. There's a, whole, there's a whole, like, almost month of news that we have to cover. All right, let's do it. Let's start hitting it. I think the top story has to be what superheroes, specifically Batman, do or don't do. And the debate around that, that's, the internet is on fire with this conversation. Okay, Scott, can you give us some insight into this? Did this, so was this in an episode and then they pulled it? Because I've heard a few different versions of this story. I heard it was in an episode of Harley Quinn on HBO Max. Which is the Kaylee Cuoco uh, voiced Harley Quinn animated show. Um, I heard it was in the episode, and then I heard they pulled it from the episode. Um, but I've also heard that it was intended to be in there, but then it never made it was edited out before it aired. So I'm not exactly sure 
how that goes. Do you know how that goes? Either one of you. Um, I looked in the article, and I think they said it was going to be in season three, but then DC said, no, no, you don't. You don't do that. And he's like, but why? He's like, because we sell toys with this guy, and we can't have him doing stuff that five-year-olds do with their toys right. on screen. Right. Yeah, I, th- I think that it got pulled. I-, I didn't see that it was completed. I feel like it got pulled at a script level, and they didn't yeah. get to do it. Right. Um, I want to say, personally, I'm not a huge fan of that Harley Quinn show anyways. Uh, so I-, I think it's trying too much to be like, you know, like... <laughs> I don't want to say woke because I feel like woke has a lot of connotations to it, but like definitely trying to be like hip and now I'm like, oh, these superheroes. And I just, oh, first of all, I also hate anything Harley Quinn generally. She's not a bad character, but lately, almost anything I've seen that character in, I have not enjoyed. You know, that's funny that you say that, Sandwich, because I am, as you know from yes. the product archive, I yes. am a <laughs> huge fan of the Joker. And I like the original classic Harley Quinn. I don't like what has become of the character, but I did like her in the beginning. Red and black suit, hat, big mallet. Think Batman the Animated Series, which is where she originated. Um, That Harley Quinn, I really like. But I don't like the direction that they've taken the character in since then. Mm -hmm. In many different directions, I should say. Um, But yeah, yeah, I, I feel you. Now, have you been watching that show, though? How do you, Alan Tudyk is uh, the Joker on that one, isn't he? I, I believe he is, but I haven't watched it yet. Now I want to see it. I, I've I, heard I should see it because it's, uh, I think it's a little bit more adult than... Well, obviously, uh, if there's a Batman oral sex scene, it hopefully is a little more adult than your average cartoon. I don't, did they say it was a scene or what? I, again, this is one of those things. I didn't hear that it was a scene. I heard that it was... Uh, that there was some suggestive language that would have suggested that that had occurred. So I don't know. I don't know who to believe. Yeah. I, and I mean, after... it didn't. It didn't get to. It didn't get to like art level. You know what I mean? Right. Whatever it was, it was in the earliest stages. Right. Of conception. Well, <laughs> conception. There's no conception with that. But all right, that's not how conception works. Who are the people? Let me ask you this: Who are the people that shut that down? They shut that down. But they allowed Batman to sleep with Batgirl in the Killing Joke animated movie. Exactly. So where is DC's line here? Because that was more than, with respect, that was more than suggested. I mean, they were getting into it when they cut away. And then there was uh, hurt feelings after the fact. It was a whole thing. By the way, and for, for some of you that, that don't remember or never heard this, None of that was in the Killing Joke book. Yeah, None of yeah. it. There wasn't even a suggestion of it. This was added in by DC for no fathomable reason that anyone can think of. So, you know, I have to find I have to go and look at the credits and find out who wrote it and who directed it so we can rightly fry them again since since the the sex lives of DC superheroes has come up again. We should, you know, make sure that we're doing our due diligence by calling out the people that uh, somehow allowed it to happen during the killing joke where there was no reference for it. The, the Harley Quinn show is at least original. So they're not working from anything so they can do anything they want. 
this was uh, the killing joke was an adaptation of a book they didn't need to do that there was no need for it at all it had no it served no purpose in the story whatsoever my opinion um so there we go yeah and then i uh oh go ahead no, you go, you go, you go, all you go. Oh, I was just going to say, not to bring Zack Snyder into this, um, but he also posted the a art of Batman going down on Catwoman and just the, the caption was just canon. My, my whole thing is, I think, I think DC stance when it comes to these things, like if there's someone in the Justice League, they want to hold them to like a semi-higher standard. I guess they don't count the 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 movies like the animated ones, but like in mediums that I think they think a certain like a certain demographic is gonna see it. I think they're trying to kind of like keep them in still like a reputable light, whereas they don't really give a crap what like King Shark does or Kite Man or Poison Ivy or Harley Quinn because they're like throwaway characters. Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy aren't throwaway characters per se, but what I mean is like. There, no one. There's not as much people who are Batman fans. There's more Batman fans than Poison Ivy fans. There's more Batman fans than Kite Man fans. There's more right. Batman fans than King Shark fans. You're not going to see a, a in the Flash movie. There's not going to be a scene of like Flash and his girlfriend doing like you know a, a, a suggestive scene really fast as a joke. They might, you know, maybe maybe they'll do like a, a quick line, and then if you, if yeah. you missed it, you missed it. But, they might allude you know. to it in dialogue between two characters who are in a relationship. You know, what this makes me think of also, I don't know if either one of you know the answer to this, but, and because I haven't seen it in a long time because I could only watch it once because I was so disappointed in it, but The Dark Knight Returns, the animated version of that, you know, if you've ever read the book, um, there's, there's some sexual violence in the book that I don't think made it into the animated series um, having to do with, uh, I don't think that's Barbara Gordon. Who is, I can't like, remember. What, who Catwoman? Is it Cat? Yeah, she, it's Catwoman. She's dressed as Wonder Woman though. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah. In the, that in, the whole, dark, in the Dark Knight Returns. That was in the animated movie. That was in the animated movie? I, I, wonder, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't remember the extreme of it. I don't know how close it was to the comic. I have to but think. something like that was in that. I remember for a fact. Okay, I'll have to watch it again and see what level they took that to. Because in the book, it was... You, you, you pretty much knew what happened. So uh, I'll have to look and see uh, to what level they brought that. Um, and if they've just like... I mean, it seems to me that the animated stuff would be more geared uh, more expectant of younger viewers than the comic books right you know there's not a lot of kids are reading comics unfortunately but a lot of kids watch cartoons uh, uh, and movies and such so like on their phones and shit but still they're watching i would think it would be more apropos to put something like that in the book rather than in an animated presentation but what do i know uh, for the uninitiated, if you have children, do not let them watch Harley Quinn. I repeat, do not let them watch Harley Quinn. Yeah, <laughs> it is not children appropriate in the slightest. Right. Yeah. And it, so, if you're already going to make an adult-themed, car- you know, animated show, and they're, they're just drawing the line at oral sex, that just seems a little hypocritical, especially when there's been 
uh, you know, sexual violence in a different animated one, and certainly, you know, in the in the film universe, there's murder all over the place. So, yeah, and a very inappropriate relationship over there too. So I think we can wrap that up, but we're not going to leave Batman yet. Did you oh. see? Did you see the uh, the tease of the uh, Michael Keaton Batman suit with a little no. drop of blood on it? Oh yeah, yeah, the suit. Well, they released also um, a a set image of him as Bruce Wayne, and it's uh, to no surprise, it's Michael Keaton with the same haircut he had in the 1990 movie, but it's gray. <laughs> That's it. I, I wish That's I could have the same haircut I had in 1990. Honestly, you know, we're all getting a little older, other than uh, the same. Yeah, me too. Not me. <laughs> no, your frosted tips look great, Kev. You don't need to worry about it. There's no frosted tips. You jerk, liar. <laughs> um, I, I swim in a chlorine pool five days a week. It's outdoors under the glaring Hawaiian sun. And I was away. Remember, I was away back in Jersey, and I wasn't swimming outdoors. And look. See? Yeah, your roots are showing. You need to, you need to go get yeah. that frosted again. No, you watch. You watch what happens, Mr. Frosty. Uh, it, it's, it's just going to happen. I'm telling you. It's not, it's not me. And, and so for just $10 a month on the Patreon, you can watch the evolution of Kev's hair on the live Instagram feed every week. <laughs> so yep. one other thing just about that before we move on, did you, did you feel uh, the Watchmen reference in the, in the image of the bat suit, the 89 bat suit with the blood on it, kind of like the comedian's smiley face? I, I mean, I didn't draw that conclusion from it, but I hope that they're not doing anything foolish like that. So I saw I saw an article that speculated that the Flash movie in, in some of these multiverses is going to bring the Watchmen universe in there as well. Maybe not with a, not flesh it out very deeply, but bringing all of those universes together. I hope not. Did you guys see the set photos of, I forget the actress's name, uh, and some kind of Supergirl suit for the Flash Super, movie? She's Supergirl. Is it Supergirl or is it yeah. someone saying it's uh, like men's daughter or something? No, it's Supergirl. Just with dark hair as opposed to blonde hair. That's it. It's the it's the other Supergirl. I can't remember. Is she, is she Lara Kent or something like that? That's what I was saying, yeah. Lana Kent or something like that? Something like that, yeah. I, I don't know anything about that character. So, so. I'm, I'm confused why they're shoehorning her into this movie. Like, I don't know. They I mean, a lot of stuff. Yeah, you know Hollywood. If one if one character's great, let's put four or five in there, right? Like like every Batman movie. It's like we can't just have one no. villain. Let's get them all no. in there. Now, in fairness, in fairness, Scott, in fairness, if you're talking about the the Keaton Kilmer Clooney era, I will agree with you. If we're talking about the uh, the the more recent era, the the Christian Bale era. I will not agree with you because I thought all of the villains, even though there were multiple ones in each movie, they were handled really, really well. For example, the running, not joke really, but sort of the running appearances of Scarecrow in those movies was perfect. In the opening scenes of the second movie, he's fighting Scarecrow again. And Scarecrow pops up in the third movie for just a brief appearance. Um, you know, that I thought was an appropriate use of the character rather than uh, ham-handedly combining Mr. Freeze, uh, 
Poison Ivy. And uh, Bane. Bane uh, and whoever else they could wedge in Bane there. Bane was in that movie? Yeah. Bane was in that movie, sir. Yes. Not to mention the day glow hockey thugs that work for Mr. Freeze. Bane was in that movie? Bane was in that movie, dude. I know you probably don't want to go back and watch it, so trust me, he was in that movie. Right. But yeah, and I was referring to that era. He sucked. He sucked. But overall that movie sucked. However, they did make I should point out, they did make at least one action figure of a day glow hockey uh, hockey goon. For the uh, army builders out there to that. buy a whole bunch of them? What's that? For the army builders so they could buy multiple versions of that? I mean, at the time where I an army builder, I would have army built that, yes. Um, but I, I feel like there was only one. There was possibly two, and maybe there's a two-pack and I'm forgetting. But in any event, yes, I, I agree with you in that era, stacking the villains the way that they did was stupid. Catwoman and Penguin. Uh, Two Face and Riddler, and I feel like somebody else, and I'm forgetting. Uh, you know, but there's there's also you, you know uh, like on top of Catwoman and Penguin in that one, there was what's his name, Christopher Walken's character, yeah, Max Shrek. Max Shrek. Um, so what I mean to say is that yeah, I didn't like it in that era, but I thought in the Christian Bale era, I thought it was brilliantly handled, and of course. We, we don't have another era after that yet because the Batman that we have was Batman Superman, Batman in the Justice League, Batman in the Justice League, the shittier, longer version. And that's and Sparkle it, Bat. Right? We didn't get Sparkle Batman yet. He's coming, and there's like 10 villains in that movie. There's four. Do right? No, four. I think it's, it's, uh, it's Penguin... Catwoman, Riddler. Riddler, Clayface? No, uh-uh, not one like that. Not one like like a gang villain. Like, um, what's his name? Whoever the big Black gang. Mask? What? No, not Black Mask. He's just got. He's got like a regular like Falcone. Yeah, Falcone. Falcone. Yeah, like one of those guys. Like, yeah, mob. Um, I think I think there's one of those in there too. So, uh, yeah, but again. It doesn't necessarily mean it will be handled poorly. I have a feeling they're setting Penguin up. I don't think Penguin is a villain in this movie. I think he's a mobster. Right. I don't think he's the Penguin yet. I'm guessing that's what we're going to find out. I think Catwoman is probably a throwaway bit for that movie too. Setting up some future Catwoman uh, thing. I don't know. I, I mean, obviously the villain here is the Riddler. But the way they're playing him is just like insane he's like a serial killer which i guess if you played that angle with the riddler i guess he could be a serial killer if the riddles had to do with killing people and not robbing shit and stealing shit then yeah the riddler is a serial killer he's son of sam he's you know all these other ones that left riddles so he's just saw then no it's just batman versus saw with different with a different guy uh I, I mean, in the extreme, yeah, I can see the analogy, but yeah, I, don't, I, I wouldn't categorize it that way. Stay tuned for the crossover event, Batman versus Saw. Batman versus just him, versus just, what's just him punching a puppet. You know, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna skip forward on the prep sheet a little bit, but speaking oh. of crossovers, did you see that uh, Chris Pratt is interested in a Fast and Furious Jurassic World crossover? Yeah, of course he is. 
<laughs> I'm I'm really I'm really now every time I hear the name Chris Pratt, I'm disappointed because apparently he is my dream of having him play the grown-up version of Mutt in Indy Five is not happening, and I think it's a huge miss for uh, for Disney not to do that. So yeah, that out. well, hey. yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I know he's a fan of those movies. I think he said that more than once that he's a fan of those those films so of course he'd like there to be a crossover event because he'd still be the lead and he wouldn't just be one of the other drivers right yeah i mean i'm all in for that just because i love the fast and furious movies so i i mean i think that would be great uh speaking of that so jurassic world uh drops june 10th 2022 so you got about one year to wait for that and i think fast nine is out now or it or it releases in a week i think it's yeah i think it's the 25th it's this month so yeah, so this would be tomorrow. So that could be. It's a Friday. I it, it came out already somewhere else. And I, I quick read the synopsis, and it's all about family and nitrous and <laughs> um, a quarter oh, mile at a time. That's so right. You're playing all of the movies. But apparently, the next one is the last one for sure. Definitely, it has to be. Why is Vin Diesel dying? Apparently, they said after. Fast and Furious 10, uh, they'll call it quits then. Oh, I thought it was two more. 10. I thought it was 10 and 11. I thought they, they were going to do two more after 9. Well, 10, 10 well, 9 is... Fast 9 is the 10th movie because Tokyo Drift didn't get a number. No, Hobbs and Shaw didn't get a number. Right. That doesn't count. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't count. Okay. No. So the next one is so the last Tokyo one. Drift That's film 11. Number. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to look love- into that. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Ugh. Family's important and nitrous. I'm going to jump my Dodge Charger across the moon. I don't. I, I'd like I, to see I'm that. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of those films. I did like Hobbs and Shaw, which I thought was funny. Um, and, and, you know, local flavor. Most of the movie was filmed where I live. So... I have a little connection to, I drove some people who worked on the movie. So that was cool. But um, yeah. uh, Yeah. No, not a fan. I have past trauma with the Fast and Furious series that I do not want to discuss openly on this podcast. Maybe at a later point with several beers. I'm I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. Do I know that? This week's sandwich shop is sandwich discussing his Fast and Furious trauma. Fast and Furious trauma this weekend with the sandwich. Featuring a six pack of beers. (laughs) To get me to open up. Well, I have to say my connection is that my first car was a black 68 Dodge Charger. So I was all in from the first Fast and Furious movie just because of wow. the nostalgia of my oh. first car. My first car was Larry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Larry. The 96 Explorer. Explorer. They exploited so, his wallet. Yeah. That's for certain. So, if I didn't know any better, I would think that Kev actually looked at the prep sheet, but I know he didn't. But uh, you mentioned Indiana Jones 5, right? I like to hear I like to hear it fresh, so we get fresh, natural reactions. Hot takes. Big Kev's hot, hot takes. Uh, so, Indiana Jones 5 is set about 15 years after the Crystal Skull, so it should be an early 70s time frame. The, yeah, like 71. Yeah, like very, very early 70s. But unfortunately... Uh, Mr. Harrison Ford keeps getting hurt on production. He he broke his leg in uh, Force Awakens, right? Force Awakens. Like, yeah, that that caused uh, that caused some 
significant delays in their production. They're saying, though, that he hurt his shoulder rehearsing for a fight and that they're adjusting the production. So they're not going to lose any production time. They're going to adjust the production so that uh, they can keep moving forward uh, without him. So and film, we'll film all the other he scenes hurt on every one of those movies. Yeah. I mean, how old is he now? Is he like 75, I think? Yeah. It, He's it, like 78, dude. He might even be older. Yeah. Google it. So anyway, yeah. Indiana Jones 5 is uh, set to arrive in theaters July 28th, 2022. So Harrison Ford is 78. He turned 79 this year. I told you, 78. So, I mean, like, I think this is his last one, though. Right? I don't know what else he has to do. Not has to do, but film-wise, like I don't know what else he's gonna do. Well, cause... regarding Henry two is gonna be a fantastic uh, closure yeah. to that saga, right? No, there isn't gonna be any such movie. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Why not? You know what? I think, and in all honesty, I think when he wraps Indiana Jones, he wrapped Han Solo. You know, I. Uh, I mean, unless, I mean, he's not going to go back and, I mean, he might go back and do another Jack Ryan movie, but I doubt it. Because um, it's been done to death, I think, at this point. He wrapped Blade early. Runner, too. Blade Runner, yeah, I was, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, so he wrapped that as well. So there's not really a lot of dangling participles for him, much in the way that um, Stallone has done it. Stallone wrapped Rambo. Stallone either has wrapped or is wrapping Rocky Um, in the next, I think the next Creed movie, he's either already dead or he dies. That's what I heard. So can I say something that happened at the end of two? I don't know. If you haven't seen Creed two, too bad. Spoiler alert. Hold on. I'll drop in the the spoiler alert. Attention. The following information is considered spoiler material. So, um, at the end of the film, he basically tells his fighter, like, listen, I'm not going to the ring. My time is done. And there's very much a shot where it's him sitting outside the ring by himself in a chair, like, you know, letting his fighter have his time in the ring with his family and his trainer and all that. So, like, it was very much a scene of, I'm literally giving you the torch. My time is done. Either we're going to see him die or he's going to already be dead and they're going to reference yes. it. That would be well, it, just, it just makes sense because yeah. Mick died in the spoiler for Rocky 3. Uh, <laughs> Mick died in that film. Uh, so what? I didn't know. <laughs> and God damn it. And then you found out that he was Jewish. Yeah. What? Like all of a sudden at the funeral oh, for yeah. Mick, it's, oh, yeah. it's a Jewish <laughs> funeral. And it was like, oh, I mean, it just seemed strange because the, I mean, That's that would just seem like a, a strange thing to come out in the movie. Yeah, because he's Irish. Right. Yeah, so it's like, it's well, I can't remember what his boxing, Mighty Mick, something, I don't remember. Something but uh, the other, um, and then the other person who's kind of doing the same thing is Eddie Murphy. So Eddie Murphy just wrapped Coming to America. They're not going to do another one of those. He is doing another um, Beverly Hills Cop, which apparently is the last one of those. I haven't heard anything about yet another 48 hours, but I can't imagine that. Um, he did SNL. He hosted SNL. And he's doing, um, he's going to do a stand-up movie. 
He is? Like, raw, yeah, like Delirious and Raw before it, supposedly he's going to do a stand-up movie. Oh, and I I'm so. guessing, I'm guessing that after that, he's done. I don't think if we see Eddie Murphy in a cameo or a very small role in something, I, I, I that's what I expect will occur after, after these couple of projects that are cooking now get done. I think COVID put um, a damper on his desires to be done. But uh, I, I, I still think if I heard correctly, that's still the plan. So, you know, it's, it's a shame that we're at a point now where I feel like so many like legendary people in Hollywood are like tail ending their career. And I feel like maybe this is just me. I don't know anyone who like really is not filling the positions, but like there's no one I can think of who's in that, those same kind of classes as like, you know, great action actors or great comedians or any of that stuff. Speaking of these big stars bookending their careers, kind of closing out and, and retiring their characters, I feel like there's been a lot of that lately, but I certainly like that better than random reboots of stuff that didn't need a reboot. I would much rather have the continuation slash handoff to, you know, a continuation where the main star bows out and then they, they reboot it in that way than... We're just gonna do the exact same premise with you know new actors. That's pretty much the same thing as it was before. I mean that's that's how I feel about it. I so I like the it's a little yeah. bit of fan service. You know maybe they don't need it, but you know again it's the nostalgia. You enjoy it whether the movie is great or not. You still enjoy the nostalgia of it. I'm excited for the Medea movie where Tyler Perry passes the wig to someone else <laughs> to be Medea for the next one thousand films. That's gonna be a, f- a fun uh, little little send off. That's never going to happen. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to Hollywood news. Uh, let's see what's opening. So we got a premiere date for Black Widow, the, the movie that seems like it will never come out. Uh, it's coming out July 9th. It'll be in theaters and streaming for the extra $29.99. If you want no. to wait until October 6th, you can then see it for free on your Disney Pluses. Um, uh, I don't mind waiting till October 6th. Yeah, I'm paying thirty bucks, and there's no movie theater here, Ooh. so I'm good. I'm good there, there, There's no theater on the island, huh? There's there was. one movie theater on the island. It's on the west side, so it's probably about an hour west of where I live, and it's one screen. I think it's one screen. It's a beautiful old, or would be a beautiful old Art Deco theater, um, that's just kind of fallen a bit to rack and ruin it's not really a nice they haven't kept it up very well they don't really have them i mean i think they have the whatever the basic modern equipment is and that's it um i've seen one movie there it wasn't really a great experience and so i was like uh but i didn't mind because i had the multiplex about 20 minutes from my house they showed all new movies and old movies like you know they had like film series and things with old movies which was great and um they went out of business during COVID and are not coming back and as far as i see it doesn't look like anyone's bought it so yeah well they say black widow's tracking for a 90 million dollar opening weekend so i mean that's that's just anticipation yeah because everybody's like god damn it we have gone how long without a marvel movie i don't how much is it i don't care put the money down i want to see marvel movies and, well, and uh, Fahey has also said that the door is still open for more flashback type of movies. Especially if Black Widow does well. 
Which means they're going to do one. <laughs> and so who they're going to do, I don't know. I wish it was Captain America. I know it won't be. Uh, like Cap during the war would be great. You know, like if they managed to somehow do like the invaders, you know, where, I mean, they, they, they made it possible because in Captain America, the first Avenger at the World's Fair, at the Stark Pavilion, you saw the Human Torch suit or android or what i don't remember how it was labeled in the movie but you have that item there you so you i mean it's certainly feasible that the character was established or could be um and you have cap and you have bucky and you know it wasn't like cap rescued bucky and then he and bucky and the howling commandos blew up some stuff and a few days later bucky fell off the train like that's not what happened, you know. Like it was, it was the span of a couple of years. So they certainly could make some kind of World War II Captain America movie, and I would be all about that, especially if they did Invaders. Um, you know, maybe after the premiere of the Submariner, which is going to take place in Black Panther two. At least that's what everybody seems to be indicating. He was part of the invaders as well. So maybe, you know, there's something something there that they could tie in. I mean, there's that that would be my fervent hope is that they did something like that rather than, I don't know, pick somebody and do a past movie just randomly. I don't even know who they would pick. All right. Yeah. Uh, the actor that's going to... I was just saying Kev is right on the prep sheet again speaking of black panther 2 and the debut of the character the submariner or namor he's going to be playing played by uh tanak huerta is the actor's name is that official because yes. as far as i know there are two names still being bandied about for that yeah so I, I, I don't know have they officially announced they, they have him listed for they have him rumored for the second black panther Oh, it does still say rumored on there. I thought it was official, yeah. um, but he's I been in a lot of Spanish. Right, so, I'm sorry. I don't believe it's official, and I don't know. Even if he is in the movie, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's playing Namor. Uh, you know, we we have to be really careful about that sort of speculation until we get something that's absolute from from Marvel. We can speculate, but I don't know that. Yeah, I don't. I don't. No, and I've seen him, and I'm like, oh. I kind of see it, but so I've know. seen this actor in uh, Narcos, Mexico, before. Yeah, that's where he's he from. Played a he played a character that I absolutely loved. I don't know if he'll be a good Namor. Not saying he can't be, but he's a good actor. So, well, that gives us hope at least if he is in the movie, if he is playing Namor. You know, at least it it's somebody that people have seen, even if only in Narcos, Mexico. Right. Again, lots of his, most of his credits are Spanish language films. See, sí, muy bien. Yeah. So now, well, while we're on the Marvel uh, area, let's talk about, well, I guess Marvel and Sony. Let's talk about Mobius uh, coming out, what, January 28th, 2022? Yeah. Okay. Officially so that, not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, unless you talk to co-star of Mobius, uh, Tyrese uh, Gibson, who, who says that it is. It absolutely is. Who's saying it isn't? Is Kevin Fahey saying it isn't? Because it absolutely is. 
Or are you just getting under my skin, Scott? No, no. I, I'm saying that... Uh, it, it, the, absolutely, this... it absolutely 100% is part of the Marvel Universe because at the end of the first trailer, Michael Keaton's vulture shows up and yeah. says, hey, Doc, or whatever he says. It's absolutely a tie to Vulture, which is a tie to Spider-Man, who is a part of the Marvel Universe. Also, I really think we're going to see this time, I really think we're going to see in Venom 2, I think they're going to attach him to the Marvel Universe as well. I don't know if they're going to do that through Spider-Man or not. They may. But uh, all I know is that I am pretty certain that they are that that they are going to even if it's a a little pocket no no pun intended a little pocket universe of films that don't necessarily feed into the larger mcu picture it's still going to be part of the marvel universe in the way the netflix shows are part of the marvel universe even though they're now trying to put a little air between them there are plenty of things in those series that tie it. How many references to the attack on New York are there just in Daredevil? Right. You know, the answer is several. So they can put distance, but as far as I'm concerned, that absolutely, those characters absolutely exist in the MCU. I hope they bring at least Daredevil, but, but all or some of them back into the MCU in some fashion. Again, rumor is that... Uh, Matt Murdock uh, will be in the new Spider-Man movie as well as a cameo as Matt Murdock, not as Daredevil necessarily. Um, so again, it's kind of a wait and see sort of situation, but a hundred percent. And that's kind of, I was kind of meh on Mobius as an idea. I am meh on pretty much anything Jared Leto does just <laughs> out of the gate. Uh, and I was also pretty meh on the fact that Sony was, uh, it seemed, pushing towards this whole, we're just going to do uh, movies about Spider-Man villains and Spider-Man characters, but but have no connection to Spider-Man in their little film universe, yeah. which I thought was stupid. And, and what do you know so, the acronym for that uh, universe? No. The Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel Characters, Spumsy? Yeah. Yeah. Awful. Well, that's... It's that's like, not a thing. It's like, it, thing. but there's a Venn diagram, right? On the one hand, there is the Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters, and then there's the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and there's some overlap of those two Venn diagrams, but I don't think that all of the Sony Pictures fits within the Star Marvel C universe. I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know if they're going to directly say it or not, but there is purpose and meaning in putting Michael Keaton's vulture not only in the movie, but in the trailer. That would have been, I mean, if you think about it, anybody who went to that movie, let's say that trailer did not have the Michael Keaton scene in it at the end. People still going to go to that movie because they're going to expect the same kind of movie as Venom. And that might be what they get, sort of a standalone. Uh, I guess they're going to play him as sort of an anti-hero, which he certainly isn't, uh, Mobius, I mean. Uh, and, and I, I you know, like, they're going to aggressively go at it from that angle um, and just try to market it as a standalone thing. And then in the movie, they have the Michael Keaton scene. Everybody would have blow up the second week 
of that movie would have been bigger than the first because the Michael Keaton tie-in makes it uh, makes it part of the MCU. And as part of the MCU, people want to see it. So there is purpose in them adding the Michael Keaton scene in the trailer. And that purpose is they are tying this movie to the MCU. There's no question. So with that, on that note, do you think we should take a break? Yeah, I think uh, let's take our first and only break on this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 639, the... Uh, the one we called, um, we're calling... Um, Batman Goes Down? Heroes no. Don't Do That? Oh, I think heroes do... I, I think we should call it Heroes Absolutely Do That. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. Monty, are you sure this is safe? This store looks sort of very spooky. Sandwich, relax. The Graveyard Gallery is an amazing place, and it has something for everybody. But, but, but it's called the Graveyard Gallery. Sounds like they're into spooky stuff, and, you know, I'm a very delicate person. Well, you're definitely right on both accounts. But it doesn't matter if you want collectibles as far back as the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, or something related to obscure movies that only diehards know about. There's something for everybody here. I, I, I mean, I do have to admit, the, the range of collectibles is... Pretty stellar and pretty creative, I'll be honest. They have a wide range in stock. It could be hot toys, prop replicas, statues. They got you, man. These clothes are something else, too. Is that real blood on that shirt? Not on all of them, but they got hoodies, shirts, beanies. They even have stuff with Herman Munster, Dracula, and Red from that 70s show. Wow, dude, these handmade items are awesome. This heart's still beating. All right, put that back where you found it, okay? But the handmade items are some of my favorite things in the store. They have paintings, masks, dolls, and of course, prints. You gotta have prints on your wall. Oh, uh, sorry, I didn't hear you. I was having a fascinating conversation with the gentleman over there who's a bat now, um, and he helped me pick out some great collectibles for me. It's all good, man. Don't worry about it. Did he show you the human skull in the cabinet brought to you by Dark Interiors? The what? Zoinks! You better be going to the ATM and then come back to buy a spine. The Graveyard Gallery at thegraveyardgallery.com and on Etsy, Instagram, as well as Facebook as The Graveyard Gallery. Go to them for one-of-a-kind vintage pieces. New horror-related items are in each week from big and small companies and one-of-a-kind creations. The Graveyard Gallery. It's fine, sold separately. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners. It's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. It's called the PieCast because we got married on Pi Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. At Pi Day Family. And my new Twitter handle is at Pi Day Scott. Check us out. Okay, here we go. I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com and also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Pottern Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture podcast network. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. 
The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step -step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. Hey, this is Adam West from uh, Batman and Family Guy and a few other things. Who is it this time, Commissioner Joker, Egghead, Riddler, King Tut? And you're listening to Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Come on, Robin, to the Batcave. We haven't one moment to lose. Live from Pi Day Studios in lovely Southern California, Big Kev Huna Studios and the Sandwich Shop, it's Geek Stuff TNG! During our commercial break, here's from our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is in 118 scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-Wing ever made for use with your 3 and 3 quarter Star Wars action figures. This X-Wing features many amazing details, like the Proton Torpedo Bay, working engine lights, and a light-up R2-D2. You can add your own boops, bops, and beeps. The S-foils open into attack position. The laser cannons simulate firing and the engine lights power up, all by remote control. We recommend taking them up on their do 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 premium offer. You go 118 scale, hanger accessory to create a detailed display of your X-Wing, including crates, tanks, personnel transporter, landing lips, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including Grand Crew members and even Luke Skywalker himself. When you sign up for your subscription each month, in addition to your parts of the model, you'll get four full-color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you've received, fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies, and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of your subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may see models like this online or at shows or conventions. And I don't need to tell you, the price tag can be quite high. The genius of this system is they're paying a little each month as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildxwing.com or reach in by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today. Wonderful. That was a fantastic live read. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I was talking to Baby Yoda, actually. Again, one more reason to be part of the Patreon is you get to see Baby Yoda as the, what is it, emotional the, support of Rogu. It works. <laughs> see, I'm already dropping shit because I don't have him. You should have him all the time then. All right, as we come back from break. He's only on, uh, he's only on camera during the library. Oh, is that, is that why he gets nervous? All right. Well, let's uh, let's jump into some video game news. What's uh, probably the biggest uh, video game event of the year, right? E3 just happened. Yeah. So, sandwich. It just happened. Can can you tell us every single thing that happened at E3 in uh, five minutes or less? I, I can tell you the the things that I think are relevant to this podcast that I think people will be interested in. So I don't know. I think you guys. I, I know Kevin. It's that time of the night. We turn on uh, the black light. Let out. the dungeons and the dragons begin. It's D and D. 
with the legends of yore. It's D and D. Cut you off, uh, Mr. Sandwich. That is the that is the D and D segment uh, opener. Uh, it's time for our D and D update uh, of the week. And uh, now we're going to take you right away to the sandwich shop, uh, so he can tell us the D and D news of the week. Uh, so. I don't know if it was during our break or before that. They officially announced two new D&D books and a new D&D video game, uh, Dark Alliances, Dungeons & Dragons Dark Alliances. I've heard mixed reviews about that one. Um, but we do have some new D&D books coming out. Um, we got – where is the official name? Uh, one of them is uh, a new source book. Uh, Mages of Strixhaven, a D&D book. Oh. So, for those who don't know, uh, Strixhaven is actually one of the most recent, I think it's actually the most recent magic set in uh, for Magic the Gathering. It's basically Hogwarts. So, think of it as it's a mage college. Uh, there's five schools you can join, and each of them has their own kind of flavor where, like, one of them is very artsy and about discovering yourself. One of them is about, like, you know, the power of words. One of them, you know, they're English majors. Uh, one of them is, you know, um, like all about math and uh, they're all about uh, equations and stuff and figuring out how to solve complex problems and all that fun stuff. So that's the new source book coming out. And there's another D&D book that's basically a circus. The crossover continues. Yeah, they're, they're monetizing what? their other, their other yeah. IP, right? Yeah. Well, also, there are there is a magic set of D and D, Dungeons and Dra- uh, Magic the Gathering, D and D in the Forgotten Realm, something like that. I think they're calling it. Did you see the ones based on the, the cartoon books? from the eighties? Yes, yes, I've seen that. That is something I am definitely interested in. A, a set of magic cards. That, yeah. So, Kev's talk, magic I'm talking about one thing, and, and I'm talking about something else. I will explain what Kev's talking about. So All I've right. talked about this briefly on the show before. It's something called a secret lair. Now, what's a secret lair, you're asking me, because I'm just talking. What a secret lair is, is it's a one or a time frame. So you only have, say, a month to buy this. You'll never be able to buy it again from anyone. You buy it directly from Wizards of the Coast. I already have problems with that, but I'll get into that after. And they're usually cards that already exist. A magic card that I happen to have next to me. But they'll put like a themed art on it. So what Kev's talking about is the set's called like Saturday morning cartoons. And it's a bunch of magic cards that have already been made with D&D art from the old cartoon from the 80s on it. So that is phenomenal. I really like that. What they're also doing is they're doing a whole set of magic cards in the style of D&D where they'll have like they have D&D characters. They'll have a beholder. They'll have is it Drix? Drix. Drix. He, he, he is in the set already. That's official. And they're also doing something. Uh, they're doing alternate art cards in the style of old D&D books. So they'll have, like, one of them has that all red style, and it has the art to look like a D&D book. Um, I saw another one that was purple and had the same kind of art style. Those are ones I don't think Kev has to buy the whole set, but this is something I know Kev will spend his, his money no, on. You're wrong. You're he wrong. denies it. I. I know for a fact I will be in like a year. I will be putting this bo- a box of these cards 
into the unit and saying, Kev, I told you so. And then I'll say 93. And then I'll walk away. And Kev will know what 93 means. <laughs> so, so mark it down. Episode 639. Yeah. Sandwich, yeah. Yeah, I told you so it. to Kev. Right. I uh, I want to uh, I, I want to say this much about at least the magic card part of it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not getting drawn back into Magic: The Gathering. I don't care if they do a whole series of cards based on D and D. The cartoon ones just angered me because that is something that's definitely part of my wheelhouse, and I could conceivably see myself doing it. However, I am not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I almost got him. Yeah, I mean, I've never bought a Magic card in my life, but when you said, oh, from the, the 80s cartoon, then I'm like, oh, well, I could go for the, a set like that just to have. But, yeah, you get, so, you get sucked in. So the problem I have with Secret Layers, I talked about them, I, I don't appreciate the fact that we're cutting out the store in a time where stores are, have been suffering for over a year at this point. You know, there are places that are closing nationwide because they can't get product in they can't get people in to buy the stuff wizard of the coast has not been starving during the pandemic wizard of the coast did not go hungry no one you know had to worry about it there are people who lost their livelihood during this and i hate the fact you know that people are going past you know that they that wizards is thinks it's okay to just buy direct from them and they, they don't care about the card store They've been doing this lately too. They they they're finding other ways to say, "Don't worry about the cards. Just buy it from us. Just give us the money directly, so we don't have to go through all the channels Cut to get paid." It's horrible. It's disgusting. It I let's I not, despise it. Let's not get lost in Magic: The Gathering. Uh, so we we talked about the one book. What was the the first book called again? Uh, Curriculum uh, of Chaos. School of Mages. What was it again? Sorry. Strixhaven School of Mages. Mages, right? And what is the second book? The second book, uh, I'm trying to find it. It's basically it's a module. It's something Dark Circus, I think. No, it's called uh, The Wild Beyond the Witchlight: A Fey Wild Adventure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that one is a module. I right. don't know the levels yet because I don't think we get that yet. Uh, both of them appear to have alternate covers which is always a big draw for everyone uh <laughs> which means we'll be picking those up for kev so he can put them in the product archive right no, I, I will put them in the archive because <laughs> i have the last five books still i keep meaning to bring them to the archive every time i go i forget it i'm never gonna see those books why Ooh. would i keep them i already have them it I'm didn't just... get to the archive i don't know maybe it fell off a truck or something oh i don't know, I don't know. maybe oh what's the, what's these accusations of me holding books Good. That was good, Scott. Gotta, <laughs> I'm working gotta, on it. I'm trying to be a little East Coast for the show. Got to scrape a little of that California out, but yeah, <laughs> you know the the. So, the... with you know D and D still in the mind, we could circle back to that D and D Beyond discussion we were having, where I'm still very upset the fact that if you want to play something that's not in the base game, yeah, you gotta. It's not you know, there's They put out books all the freaking time. Yep. You know, this is also why. I have an app on my phone. It's just a character sheet app. You can make characters in like five minutes. It's fantastic. And every time there's a new D&D book that comes out with any new content, they automatically update it into the app. So if it's for character creation, it just goes right in there. Now, I need to get that app from you because what I've been using is 
I've been using uh, what's called an advanced PDF, which oh, is basically, and I've been using this for years at this point. It's basically the same idea as the app that you're talking about. It's a players, it's a PDF of a character sheet, but every time you make any changes to it, it it makes all the adjustments for you. You know, like, oh, your strength went up one point. Well, then it makes all the appropriate adjustments or so, you up a level, so then it makes all the adjustments for you going up a level. So this is a this is literally the app I have. It has it automatically does my AC, my yeah, yeah, my proficiency, my initiative, all that stuff. You gotta send me that one. What kind of an asshole am I? I'm just using a piece of paper and and, and a pencil. I you know I, I was I'm doing not, that I'm not against the I'm not against the pencil no. and paper. Yeah, no, I prefer that. The only reason I do this is because it has happened several times where I've forgotten my character sheet at home and went away to play D&D, and then I'm fucked because I don't remember. I, I remember loosely what things do. I don't remember exactly how many spell slots I have, how many arrows I have, because I play a ranger a lot, and I lose track of my arrows, and then it's like, did I have 15 or did I have 500? Did I did I pick up the ones? You, well, I'm saying, like, I lose track of, like, did I pick those ones up? How many do I have to start? How many can I shoot? Do I, I don't want to waste an arrow. So, you know, Scott, having this just makes my life a lot easier. It's Scott, like $2 one yeah, time. On. You can do whatever. Yeah. It's also, it's also takes leveling up from a half an hour to uh, and 45 minute exercise to about 10 minutes. Right. In what? On, in, in those, in, in the app, right? No, it's a minute. You just up. You just, you just level up. And if you have spells, then you have to do that yourself. But everything yeah, else, it just does for you. Yeah. yeah. But does it prompt you? Does it say, okay, you're level three now. You have another spell. Yeah, it'll give you like a spell slot. I mean, you have to. It's basically it's a character sheet. In the way of imagine if you had a character sheet that you wrote on, just put it in the book, just put it on this app. Like it fills out stats and stuff, and it'll say you have yeah. third level spell slots, but. What you do with that is up to you. We're not going right. to say how many spells yeah. to have, you know. That's it. That's what I'm it's, talking it's about. It's a phenomenal app. I recommend everyone get it. I'm, I'm not against D&D Beyond. I want to preface that. I'm not against it. I'm against okay. the practice of forcing people to, you know, if you want to play a drow, on a box today. I was talking to on a box today about it. He wants to play a drow in, the, in D&D Beyond. He wanted to build a drow. He's like, why yeah. can't I? So I, I looked it up. And you have to buy the player's handbook or the drow race to be a drow in D&D Beyond. You can't just do it. They have certain races and certain classes I think you can do. So there, you can do some things, but there's limitations. I don't appreciate that. Because why would I pay $50 for the physical book? And then I can only imagine what they're trying to get you to pay online for D&D Beyond for a book. If it's anything more than $10, it's a freaking scam. It's a scam if it's anything. Because it's the 21st century and it should be a code and it should be an automatic free download the digital version if you buy the printed version and that I mean, is where i stand ridiculous yeah. at this point so that they're not doing that and what you're saying sandwich is that the app pretty much does it they go and take all the details and then feed it into their <laughs> app so that it's doing what you would get from D&D Beyond for your character yeah, sheets, so at least. When you're leveling up, it'll say, like, oh, you're a fourth-level barbarian. You now get critical dice. There's yeah. certain things where if it's long, it'll say, see, see the book for additional rulings or whatever. 
So sometimes, you know, like I had a beast companion when I was a ranger. I went with the beast companion. It didn't write down everything the beast companion could do and all that, you know, the three pages said, oh, see the rule for this bit, but we'll give you what we can here. So there are like some things, but, you know, in theory, you have the book or Google. Also, you could just Google things at this day and age. So in theory, you don't need to buy any books, although buy the books because the books just look nice. They look nice on the shelf, that's for sure. They support the and they support the continued oh, yeah. growth of the game. So yeah, that's and game cool. stores buy from local game stores, don't buy from Target. So or Barnes and Nobles. Speaking of the growth of the game, let's go all the way back. TSR is back. Tell me about I that, saw Kev. That. In a manner of speaking, yes, yeah. So the original uh, company that created Dungeons and Dragons, TSR. Uh, that was founded by E. Gary Gygax and friends, uh, is et now al. come back. What's that? Gary Gygax et al., right? Yeah. And uh, and the other guy that everyone says is probably the real father of D&D, but doesn't get enough credit. I can't remember his name. Um, I saw. I read an article about him, though. It was fascinating. Anyway, uh, so they've come back. They're putting out a new RPG um, and with uh, E. Gary Gygax Jr., I think, is is the Gygax involved and some other. There's some wonderful people. Larry Elmore, I think, is part of that group as well. He was one of the D&D artists back when it all got started. So he's I know he's involved. I think he is. Um, and some other names from that era and some newer guys, uh, some other uh, uh, RPG names uh, have come together to do this. And their first game, uh, I think, what is it called? Battlelands? Uh, something like that. I can't remember what it's called. Um, but they're putting out, it's it's like a space uh, RPG. It's not fantasy. It's not like D&D. It's more like space somehow. I, and on that note, I don't understand why they didn't just ask Wizard for um, the rights to reproduce the the D&D version in space. Um, Was that Star Frontiers? Star Frontiers, yeah. Uh, I don't know why they didn't just ask them to, hey, can we just get Star Frontiers since you're not using it? You know, something like that. Uh, but I think that's I think that's what uh, it, they're basically working on. So they have a website. There is two companies called TSR, though, so be careful that you're getting the right one. It looks like the old TSR logo. Um, so that should be one help. Or if you Google TSR RPG, um, I think you'll find it that way as well. But that's a real interesting, uh, it's a really interesting maneuver for them to come back at this point um, and try to do some new stuff because the popularity of RPGs and board games and stuff has never been higher. So it seems an appropriate time for them to do so. And that is our D&D update for the week. It's D&D! Warriors that terrify. It's D&D! So let's, uh, let's jump into some quick hits here, because we are running quite long on the episode. Let's, uh, let's jump over to... Uh, let's talk about streaming. Let's talk about Disney Plus for a moment. Yes. So, so before, we jump, before we jump into Loki, I want to talk about Luca. Have you guys watched Luca? Are you familiar with Luca? The, the, the I saw a bunch of trailers for it. It looked really cute. I want to see it with my girlfriend at some point because she looks like she said it looked cute. Um, I heard good things. I haven't gotten to see it yet. 
Uh, what, is, what is Luca? I'm unfamiliar. So it's uh, a couple of mer people who then come on land in a small Italian village, and as long as they stay dry, they can uh, pretend to be like humans. Human. And and the Italian village uh, are very anti sea monster, so there's some you know discrimination uh, kind of bits of a story, and that's all I know. Uh, I, my son's seen it. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I think the important thing about here is that Disney chose to take this Pixar potential theater blockbuster and put it to Disney Plus so that you don't get to see if parents are willing to go back to theaters yet. You know, like this was could have been the test case to see how family theater was going to be and they chose to just put it straight to streaming without uh, without a charge like they did with Soul. Right. And they're, oh, it's without charge? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's available without a charge, and they're doing the same thing with uh, the, the Beatles documentary that's coming up, uh, Get Back. It's going to go really? straight to streaming and no no $30 fee. So, Wow. The only reason I haven't seen Luca, at, you, Luca yet is because I thought I had to pay for it. Now that it's free, yeah, we're going to definitely watch that one. Yeah. Like me and Black Widow in October. That's well, right. I'm going to see that in theaters. I'm going to see that one in theaters. I know yeah. you can't, but I wasn't. I'm just saying. I If it... If it was either pay for it online or wait for it to be free, I would have waited. But the wait, fact that wait, wait, when is it coming out, Scott? July nine. Oh yeah, no. I thought if it, if it was coming out in the fall, like you know, you know, closer to you know a time where I might be able to see it, but no, not July. So Sad. Do we want to do any kind of quick hits on Loki, or just leave that embargoed and talk about it next week? No, we can talk about, I mean, let's just do quick hits. Quick hits on episodes one and two, go sandwich. Uh, I thought it was great. I like where it's going. I heard it's going to be 10 episodes for the season or series. I don't know if this is a, I don't know if this is a season or a series type deal. Um, I like where it's going based off of episode three. No spoiler or anything. Um, I don't know how this ends, but I'm excited for the adventure. Scott, I felt like again no spoilers, but I felt like they did a good job of getting the character development that you need to take, uh, you know, two thousand eight Loki, and marrying him with two thousand twenty Loki, so that you could get the character in the right place where he can be sympathetic, because the the Loki that grabbed the Tesseract had not had all that growth yet. So they did a good job of of handling that in the first couple of episodes, and I thought that was going to be a challenge. So they did a good job. Yeah, I, I will say that uh, I'm really enjoying it, of course. I, I think it's very well done. I think um, uh, I think that uh, all the acting is really great. Uh, I think the characters are really interesting. I like Sandwich. I'm wondering where this goes, especially after episode three. Um, you kind of wonder what is the, no pun intended, what is the end game here? What is the, you know, like where, where does it come out uh, at the end of this? You know, are we looking at a one-off? Are we looking at, you know, like what, what happens to these characters? And so I'm, I'm that interested. I mean, Falcon Winter Soldier, we, we knew it was going to happen. You know, it was a fait accompli. It was easily, uh, not easily known how they were going to get there, but it was an easy, uh, sort of guess, not really a an guess, easy read. It was an easy read, right? Of where they were going to get to at the end of it. Uh, 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 WandaVision, same kind of thing. You kind of knew, 
where you were going to go at the end there. Um, but I, I don't have as clear a picture on this one as I do uh, on the other one, but I am enjoying it. I'm enjoying all the characters, including uh, ones featured predominantly in episode three, which we will talk about next week after the embargo. Um, Owen Wilson and um, Tom Hiddleston's chemistry is brilliant. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really great stuff happening and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. How do we feel about uh, rumors about the show involving the rest of the universe? Do you want to, yeah. can I mention something? Or should sure, we not? yeah, sure. Because I heard people saying that they think Kang the Conqueror is one of the timekeepers. Is that a thing? Because I didn't, I, I'd never heard of the timekeepers beforehand. But people are saying like one of them looks like Kang and like his like headgear. Yeah, I mean, there's illusions, but I think Kang, I think we get Kang in the next, uh, we get it in Ant-Man 3, I think is where we're going to get Kang. Well, that's that's official already. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be one of the timekeepers. I don't think, I don't think that's going to be the way of it. I don't know, but I don't think that's going to be the way of it. I will tell you this, though. Kang is a much more imposing villain if there's no TVA. Yeah. So does something happen in, in the series where the TVA, you know, is kind of uh, lost or rebuilt or needing to be rebuilt or something? Neutralized. Like and Kang is able to step up in that void. That would be something. Um, but there's a lot of different directions they can go. There were a lot of really funny throwaway stuff. Actually, we can talk about this because it's episode one, so the embargo's over. The bit with the Infinity Stones. <laughs> but but was it funny? Because I, I on the one hand, I'm like, that's pretty damn funny. On the other hand, I'm like, doesn't it take something away from all of this hullabaloo over getting the Infinity Stones in the first 10 years of the movie? You know, like, I mean, there's, 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 I think there's two ways you can go with that. You know, there's the, you know, I guess it really is going to come down to personal preference. Um, and if they are actually infinity stones, well, they're still infinity stones. So do they not have their power in the space of the TVA? There's a lot of questions. I don't think that were clearly answered. Uh, in episode one with regards to establishing this bubble that we find Loki in. Um, but I'm going to be interested to see where they go. So there we go. What's next? Oh, sandwich. No, I, I think they said that the, they just don't work because they're not in the right universe anymore. So they're just loose. Also, I've seen so many jokes now about like, horrible things happening off in the distance and the TVA and the Eternals just sitting there like playing a game of cards yeah. or like coloring or you know doing whatever while they have like now we know there's a fucking there's a bucket of infinity stones where it's like Pokemon and it's like oh I got a time stone I'll trade you a space stone <laughs> you know right. yeah, I, I, yeah I think I think they have some splaining to do Lucy, uh, with regards to, um, uh, right, the, the Eternals and the TV. The TVA kind of said their piece, though. 
they yeah. basically were like, that was supposed to happen. Yeah, that's their answer for everything. Whatever whatever it is, no matter how good or bad, that's what was supposed to happen. That that's the sacred timeline. Sacred timeline. You, Loki, not supposed to happen. All the rest of that shit, supposed to happen. Right? right? All right, well, what about Steve Rogers then? Was that supposed to happen? Because he clearly cheated time. So... He made know, a whole new timeline. I mean, I'm not saying he's a variant because he isn't, but like, I don't know. I think I think they're they're building the rules as they go in order to make it acceptable <laughs> to have Loki be in the position he's in. And looking at and I I like the fact that they did it in the first episode. They went they had Loki go. Well, what about this, this, and this? You know, why why are those things why are those things okay? But I'm I'm a problem, you know. Like it was interesting, and I'm glad they handled it that way. I don't think the Eternals are going to get a pass. It's like, going to be harder for them. It's going to be much harder for them. But I think I have a feeling what we're going to see is they're going to thread the Eternals throughout the first ten years of the MCU. That's what <laughs> I think. I think you're going to see some insertions of characters that maybe you didn't see before, you know, into things. And, and then you go back and you watch the movie and they have someone wearing the same hat and yeah. coat that someone else was wearing. It's like, Something Oh like look, that. that's the black Knight. He was yeah. always here. He was here the whole time. No. Uh, I, I mean, maybe something like that, but I'm, I'm thinking a bit more highbrow or high end, like, you know, like maybe they're aware of the fact that Cap is about to. And clearly, it seems one of them is a fan of Captain America, and and they have a shield in one of the shots. But they have his his uh, his beater shield, like his triangular shield. I think is the one that they showed. Um, I think uh, clearly one of them is a Captain America fan. There's even that Captain America joke in there. You know, Steve Rogers gone. Who's going to lead them? And what's his? I can't remember his name goes well i could do it and everyone laughs so i don't get the joke yet but because i don't have any context but i have a feeling that's what we're going to see we're going to see them observing the past uh in some fashion or living through it i should say um and and we'll see where they go from there but i agree with scott they have a much harder road to sell than the tva yeah so let's keep these quick hits going uh book of boba fett has wrapped and uh yep said that it should be covering some maybe some flashbacks so we get to see uh where boba fett has been uh between the sarlacc pit and uh the 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 timeline of the mandalorian nowhere just just covered in sarlacc goo Goose. wandering the desert for a while that's what i want to see yeah he's, well he's, he's got to become the the boba fett that we see in the mandalorian so i think we're going to get to see it'll almost be the whole season i think the whole season will be a lot of flashback origins of how he got here <laughs> Or, I'm sure some of it will be, but yeah. I, I hope they're not, you know, I hope they're not doing, what was the show that did that? Oh, uh, Arrow, where, you know, where half of the episodes in the first, I don't know, felt like 28 seasons were all flashbacks to how he became Arrow and stuck on the island and killing this one and doing that thing. And yeah, then that's... he went to, then he lived in Tokyo for like a year and yeah. he was yeah. fighting people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That kind of, that kind of thing. That is a trope that they use, right? Uh, where half the episode's happening now and half the episode is a flashback that is yeah. pertinent yeah. to what's happening now. So yeah. I don't, 
I don't mind that to an extent, but it can't go on forever. Is all I'm saying. All right. So so let's let's move on. The titles for the uh, Umbrella Academy season three episodes have dropped. Oh. So at least we're getting closer to season three of Umbrella Academy. Yes. Can't wait. Yes. Uh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm I'm curious. And and this is just a curiosity, and there's no judgment or bias or anything. I'm interested to see how how Elliot Page is going to handle the role, or what changes I, they're going to make. I thought I read somewhere that it's still going to be Vanya Hargraves, and like they're well, not going to change that. Right, but I'm wondering if. It may be that way at the outset, but are they going to continue that? Are they going to, are they going to adapt the character um, in uh, in some way in deference to the actor's um, uh, gender identity? Now, is that something that's going to happen? I mean, I th- I certainly think you have a lot of interesting playroom in there. I'm I'm just wondering if they're going to do anything with it over the course of the, of over the course of season three and in future seasons like season twenty and season thirty, which there had better be. No, there won't be. But I'm going to enjoy every one of those damn seasons until they do stop. But that said, that is the one sort of th- I have no doubt whatsoever that the show is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even saying I have a doubt about this whole Elliot Page issue. I don't. I'm just curious to see how and if they're going to make changes in accordance with Elliot Page's sexual identity uh, change. So, yeah, I was just going to say uh, the one thing that was, I think, most important about Umbrella Academy for me is it was a story that I had no association with. I didn't know anything about it. And it was so well done, but it was like, I liked not knowing how it was going to end. You know, I go watch a Spider-Man movie. I know Uncle Ben's going to die. Spoiler alert. Right. But you know, when I, yeah, when I go to watch Umbrella Academy, right. I didn't know any of the characters and I loved again, talking about tropes of how it's filmed. I love that each episode you get to know a character with a little bit of a flashback about that character when it's a big ensemble like that. I just loved the way they handled season one, getting to know all those characters. And then season two, was very interesting and then it just throws it into such a cliffhanger for season three i'm like i'm all in but it just not knowing anything about it i think was the best part of umbrella Scott, academy you need to read the books is that a done really series good. or that? is that series done or is it still going i'm very confused with that um it, it i think it's currently at On like hiatus or something three like that? volumes no i don't think it's a hiatus i just think it's when gerard way and gabriel ba i think is the artist i think um it's just when they you know when uh uh gerard gets around to writing it gabriel gets around to drawing it you know i think that i think i I recall hearing from somebody in the industry that um when they have all the pages written and they have something like Gabriel Ba is, is like a full issue or two issues ahead of the release. That's when they did the third book, I think. So it might be the same way with the fourth book uh, or the fifth book. I can't remember what book we're on. Um, so, but th- what is true, though, is they're they're almost running into a Game of Thrones issue. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that how are, are those, you said there's three volumes. Is that, the, is, is season three, volume I three? I think the third volume involves the Sparrow Academy or whatever. I think, yeah, I think, I think, yes. I think they're kind of running concurrent series and the books. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Um, but in any event, it's still like, you know, like it's catching up. And I, I'm a little worried, like if, you know, if book four came out in, let's say, the next year, <laughs> I would, would not be worried because that would at least mean that when they're working on season four, they're working from material, which we know based on Game of Thrones can be really important, you know, based on the fact that the last season sucked of Game do, of Thrones. Do you Thrones. think they get to a point where they should bring on Gerard Way? Or whatever his name is. I'm I, sure, I just... Yeah, it's Gerard Way. I'm sure he's already involved in the. Well, I'm saying if we get to a point where, you know, book four doesn't come out, but season four, they want to start where it's like, hey, if you were to do book four, what would yeah. you do? That's the same kind of thing, I think, that HBO's deal with uh, George R.R.R.R. Martin was, which was kind of like, well, we're going to move past your material. So here's what we wrote. What do you think? And he either went, ah, I don't like it, or I like it. But regardless, they didn't change it. They just went ahead with it. <laughs> right. So it's the same and thing like Force Awakens, where J.J. supposedly was like, hey, this is what we're doing. George, what do you think? And he was kind of like, well, I, and they were like, right, so we're going to make it. Yeah. So, My question for you guys and for the audience, if you want to call the GVM line 201 Seven three zero two five four seven. When you're in this scenario and the the second me, the secondary media passes the primary media, i.e., movies or TV show passes the books, what becomes canon? Two canons. It, my, that's my well, which is canon? Which, yeah. which is the proper canon? If if all the Game of Thrones books came out today, could you not say that the TV is canon? Well, yes. no, because. We already know that they made significant changes from the series mm-hmm. for the TV show. We know that already, right? Regard, I mean, I'm talking about even when they were still within the material that's already been printed, they made significant changes. So because they already made changes, let's, let's use the, the timeline from Loki as an example. When yes, they yes. made those changes, that little... <laughs> line started going up like this and it's hit that red line at the top we're, we're redlining yeah game of thrones oh, yeah. redlined for sure so yeah. let's let's uh keep moving on because we are running very long on this episode i don't know this isn't going to be a quick hit for you kev uh why oh. the last man will pre- premiere exclusively on hulu september 13th 2021 Ooh. i have no problem with that uh except that i i don't know i remember them talk I, I remember we talked about it going into production and I even feel like I remember who's starring in it, but I'm not hundred yeah, percent. Who is starring cool. as who is starring in it? As uh, Diane Lee? Or am I thinking something else? Who's who's doing it? Diane Lane's in it. Da, yeah, but who's playing the dude, the last man? Um, I think is Kevin or I'm I'm wrong. I might be wrong. The Yorick it. Brown? There's um, one guy in the cast. Yeah, I know. Uh, ben Schnitzer. Ben Schnitzer. 
who you have seen in films like, um, yes. Cool. So what I'll say, Scott, is I don't have any problem with that. I've expected this for about a decade. This is not something that they needed to wait for the technology to catch up or any of the other stuff. This was this was basically, with respect, it's basically 12 monkeys. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the sense that if they can make 12 monkeys, they can make Why the Last Man, monkeys aside, they can make Why the Last Man um, because to me it feels like sort of visually, stylistically, it feels like a similar universe. They didn't need to wait. They did for whatever reason. I'm very much looking forward to it because a hundred years ago when I read Why the Last Man, I was a fan. So uh, it's also a good uh, chance uh, for Mr. Sandwich. Where are you, buddy? Uh, It's a good chance for you to pick up Why the Last Man and read it and present it on an upcoming episode of The Sandwich Shop. Can I ask a question while we're thinking about it? Can I borrow your copy of Why the Last Man, or is it all the way in the back of the unit? It probably is right next to Huck. No, I'm kidding. Your copy Huck's... of Huck. Yeah. My copy of Huck is in Hawaii now, apparently. Your copy of Huck is accidentally you should read it. in Hawaii. You Speaking of which, remind me, I have, uh, I, I have an assignment for you uh, I'll tell you about off air. Um, okay. I do not – yes, my copy of Why the Last Man, I suspect, is probably – like the absolute edition or complete edition or something. And yes, it's in one of the, it's in one of the seven or eight boxes that are in the storage unit. Seven or eight. So so just dig that out, find it real quick and then read it and then talk about it on the sandwich shop. Scott, I want you to know. When does it premiere Scott? Um, It was September. September. Oh, well we have plenty of time. Scott, I want you to know that it's not seven or eight. It's It's not not 10 or 15. It's not even seven times eight. Not even seventy. <laughs> I think a tour of the product archives for the Patreon uh, would be excellent bonus show material. Oh, we could. I will up. need to pack rations for at least a two month journey. We can set up a. You know what? Uh, when we're doing the product archive in the fall, we can uh, we can set up a live cam for Patreon. You, Did, you ever seen like that in Tarzan be- when they they showed up on the boat with like a whole camp of supplies? And you know they had food for months, and you know entertain. That's what we need, and like a, a stock crew. Like we need like eighty Stallone. Um, we need Harris. We need we need Rambo. That's why I'm saying eighty Stallone because we need Rambo. Uh, we need uh, <laughs> uh, fucking. I would, what's... I would say, I would say the product archive looks like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, that's what I'm picturing. Wooden crates. They're. Yeah blue plastic bins no no it's it's more like it's it's more like judge dread with just towers going into the sky and the product people tower on the of bottom are like are like pushing and struggling against each other and like crime is be, horrible you know what it would be like it would be like a three and three quarter judge dread city yes you know what i mean like if we just set up a few figures like that are on different levels like hanging from like a box yeah yeah and little bridges between yeah that yeah i could see that that would be kind of funny yes all right let's remember all these ideas for the fall there you go all right right. so the last one uh, last quick hit rick and morty season premiere in order to celebrate the season premiere out here in la they took over a wendy's sir this is a wendy's 
and they made it a Morty's. And so there was, a, you know, it was just a pop-up uh, event what? out here. I feel I like that. I feel like Wendy's was like, look at all the attention McDonald's got for the Szechuan sauce, even though it wasn't necessarily positive attention with the Rick and Morty fans. But I think Wendy's wanted to, like McDonald's probably said, no, we don't want anything to do with that. And Wendy said, yeah, we'll do it out in L.A. I think McDonald's was really key on them uh, doing it. They sent them, did you see the special Szechuan sauce that they sent uh, Justin Roiland? No. Like in a special container, Google it. We talked about it on the show a very long time ago. McDonald's sent him a gift of the Szechuan sauce, like in this really special like box and like, it, you, you have to look at it, but it's really funny. Um, I don't doubt it. Um, I want to know if you went there and got anything, Scott. It, it was over in LA, and uh, it was too much of a drive. Yeah, yeah. To I... Get into, in just to get into the blow up display that was the Morty's because they had like screens going with like right. Rick would show up and talk to you, or like they had like trippy designs going. It was three hours just to get into the door, I'd, essentially, I'd into the drive-through. I don't um, It had a special. Rick and Morty menu where you could get like the Morty or something and like green milkshakes and shit. It was, it was, it looked awesome. I, I, I wish there was like an East coast one somewhere. I'd consider it maybe in that case. I remember the one time I saw the Rick mobile and that line was ridiculous. Oh yeah. Was that like at a con? And I regret it now, but I should have stood on that line, but in any event, uh, uh, yeah, so Rick and Morty Season 5, Episode 1, brilliant. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I got to watch it, uh, and it, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's good It's good to be back. I'm sure this this season will be just as quality as the rest have been. I, I like the fact, this isn't like, that I could tell for the next episode at least, this is not a spoiler, they're starting to allude back to things. I like. I always loved the idea for Rick and Morty where there was like, there was a running storyline, and I appreciate so much the idea of just because I did a pull away gag two seasons ago, you know, like we're, it can it can show up again, right. you know? Yeah, in the sort of Rick and Morty universe canon, there are a number of of things that they haven't addressed that they brought up in the past. Like you know, I'm rewatching the entire series. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Federation uh, rebuilt Bird Person yes. into Phoenix Person. Yes. And what's her name? The girl whose name I can't remember. Tammy. Tammy, I think it was. Yes. It Tammy, was Tammy. And, and Phoenix Person just kind of blast off at one point, and we don't hear from them again. Yeah. No, all you, all you, of those you folks see will come again. back, right? Do you? Do, yeah. Do you Phoenix Person? Yeah, Tammy dies. Oh, I'm. I, maybe I'm. I'm not spoiler. remembering. I haven't gotten that. Far. Yeah, spoiler. Way to go, sandwich. Yeah. Great. I don't that's, even that's, have. To that's watch. my. So, You've watched it like three times already. Your I old know. man brain's kicking in. I know. I hit pickle Rick the other day, and I was like, "Oh, not pickle Rick, but that that season opener where, where the, remember that guy sandwich we were watching every week, the sandwich and I that season." We were watching every week and then going online to see the dude who was remixing the songs right. out of each episode and the I'm Alive song that we were singing ad nauseum when, when it came out. Uh, I want to be alive. I am alive. Alive, yeah, I tell you. Mother, <laughs> I love you. 
I want to hold you. I want to run into the stream. So I watched that episode, and then I watched the Pickle Rick episode, which wasn't as good a song. But um, yeah, so uh, yeah, so I'm rewatching all of it uh, for exactly the reason that Sandwich brought up, which was that there is those little bits in the canon that I've forgotten that I too thought I see maybe a way for them to bring some of that canon material back. And so I want to be prepared by remembering, you know, what it is and so on and so forth. You know, what about uh, what about the fact that um, uh, Anatomy Park is in another person? Yeah. You know, and the girl that, you know, Morty made out with who's now running Anatomy. There is another Anatomy Park somewhere. Anatomy Park. Yeah, they're going to they're going to just follow the Jurassic Park sequel titles for that Anatomy Park. Really right. Funny if they did that. That would be really funny if they did something like that oh, yeah. or if they revisited it in some way. And, they, you know, maybe they've all been trapped in there. Maybe they're running whatever that kid's name is. Maybe they're like they somehow figured out a way to take control of him or something. And they're enacting revenge or, you know, like there's I, I mean, I, I like that sort of stuff. I like that sort of continuity uh callbacks and uh, uh and such and and i'm a real big fan of that i hope we get some more of that yeah in the rick and morty yeah all right so let me let's uh bring this to a close with uh talking about the theme park rules at least out here in california yeah. effective uh june 15th so last week masks were no longer required if you were fully vaccinated or willing to lie about being fully vaccinated i say they are really they weren't checking that i guess they were just uh, the honor system. It of, is you know. on the honor system, and the first day, June fifteenth, when you did not have to wear a mask, the line for Disneyland was all the way out the front and down the street. So where that just like means like down by the hotel, like, like by the bridge, all the way down Harbor. If you're familiar with exactly yeah. where Disneyland is, but I mean, it is a mile longer than it has been. And Jesus. so it just tells me that I, I just couldn't believe that there were that many people that the only reason they weren't going to Disneyland was because they had to wear a mask. That just seems like I know there's a lot of pent up demand, but oh, oh, it's the day you can't wear a mask, they all rushed down there to it. Um, and I've heard that the only thing that's limiting the capacity now, it, it's not necessarily that, oh, they need to keep the park numbers down. It's that they don't have the staff because uh, as much as 20% of the folks that they had to lay off have not yet returned and so you know they're, they're struggling at a staffing level for the theme parks now it's not that they're uh being held to a lower attendance level for regulations for covid it's just that they don't have the employees to work it which you know that's a problem all over the country for you know lots of uh lots of employers need employees probably a good time to go there if you're able to get in because maybe it's not as crowded as other times the first day was looked over the top crowded but i've heard mixed reviews about how crowded it is of course and people are still wanting to get to avengers campus so they're still working out the bugs of um getting into avengers campus Good. as well let's put all the attention on avengers everybody wants to go to avengers campus that's fine because then it makes it easier for scott and i to go to galaxy's end that's right yeah it's a complete, completely different park. And whenever you're out here, we'll go. Yeah, it is a different park. No, and I'm coming, right? No, you got it on the, it's on the books. Celebration. Oh, well, yeah, but that's 2022. I'm just saying. That's, that's all I got, sir. All that's, right. that's 
that's all I got. We got to start planning now. All right, I'll put it on the calendar for our trip to. Uh, for, for, that's episode, That's the seven hundredth celebration, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So sandwich has to fly out too. Yeah. There you I go. Mean, I'll, I'll have like an adult job at that point. So we can we can do oh. the the geek stuff episode seven hundred uh, extravaganza featuring in Anaheim. The yeah. Are so, we allowed to bring recording equipment into uh, Disney? Oh, geez, I doubt it. Well, I mean, you could. You can record on I mean, an iPhone pretty good. There's people who like record things all the time, like YouTubers who are like, "Oh, I'm going on this ride." Yeah, I mean, we might be able to bring like our mics and stuff, but I mean, no. I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying. I'm wondering if there's a way that we can figure out how to, uh, you know, just make it, just, just make it special. At least when Scott and I. Well, I mean, we're also talking about a, a good deal of time away, so you know, there is always the remote possibility that the sandwich. Uh, we'll be able to join us out there. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'll have an adult job at that point. So if I can, I will. Adult now, jobs come with vacation time. So that would be good. I have no, that here, but I just don't make enough money for is, it. The real question is, who gets Scott's couch? And who gets <laughs> the floor? That's the real question. I have, I have been on, on the waiting list for the bunk beds in Scott's house for no. years now. I'm going to... I'm gonna, I, I'm actually I'm actually going to answer that question right now. The answer is anybody but me will get the couch because Brittany is the one who will make the decision. <laughs> so you're going to be on the floor if Brittany makes the decision? And is that what I'll, you're I'll saying? Be on the floor. I'll be lucky if I'm in the house. <laughs> I'll be lucky if I'm in the house. She might be like, you can put a tent in our backyard, but you ain't coming in this house. <laughs> I don't think That's it's that bad. It'll be fun, I'm though. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. I got dressed down that one time, and now it's like Fear City. Yeah, well, she's the boss, you know. I'm just saying. My hand's up. So, Kev, right. what do you say we put off product till next week? Yes, let's do that. Then, then I think I hear the wrap-up music playing. Oh, well. All right, so make sure that we you are following the... The show account as well, GeekStuffTNG on Twitter and over on Instagram as well, GeekStuffTNG, as well as the Facebook account. Yes. And with that, Mr. Scott, Mr. Sandwich, we will bring this episode of GeekStuffTNG to a close, episode 639, the one we called Heroes Absolutely Do, uh, the way we end some episodes by saying... Good night, Monty. Wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music. Closer. Hey, who wants to go run in a stream? What the f***? No! I want to be alive! I am alive! Alive, I tell you! Mother, I love you! I want to hold you! I want to run in a stream! I want to be alive! I am alive! Alive, I tell you, mother, by passing over, I told you, I'm not running the stream.
I love you. I want to hold you. I want to run in a stream. I want to be alive. I am alive. Alive, I tell you, mother. I want to hold you. I want to run in a stream. I want to be alive. I am alive. Alive, I tell you, mother. I love you. I want to hold you. I want to run in a stream. I am alive. Dream.